If you're a parent, congratulations for investing in your child's future. And if you're not a parent, congratulations on being a part of the AI Parenting Podcast. AI Parenting is a judgment-free community going from screen time to quality time. Our motto is don't sedate, relate to create. And today is all about building relationships with our kids by being curious about what they do online. Now, some advocate for tech abstinence, keep them away from devices as long as possible. However, tech is not something that can be avoided forever. Kids will have a device in their hands eventually. And some kids had to get devices early because they need to learn from home. So you're probably here because you know that tech abstinence doesn't work. Tech is here and it's not going away. Is screen time out of control? Have you tried other methods that didn't work? Or are you genuinely curious about how AI is impacting our society? If you agree with any of the above, it's not your fault. You didn't learn AI and social media society in school. Your parents certainly didn't teach this. So how do we learn this stuff? Well, that's why we're really excited to share with you about using screens to relate. We're going to talk about being curious about their online activities, but not only that, moving beyond to be able to influence what your child would view next and even going further to be able to influence what types of actions they might do in the future, especially if they saw something hurtful online. So let's get right into it. So the first level, the lowest level, and where I, I would suggest starting for every parent is you got to be extremely curious about what they're doing online. Why do we feel like something is seriously wrong with how our kids interact with screens these days? You know, we're a, a generation that is unique. There's never been a generation like this. We grew up without unlimited access to technology, without an AI deciding what we would watch next. We grew up mostly free of technology. Like we did have technology, but we didn't depend on it. We didn't grow up with smartphones in our hands, you know, at all times that we could use and that we could bring into our bedrooms and use privately. No. At home, we had to share the desktop computer with everyone else in a shared space. So like use of technology was was a public thing. It was not private. It was not you alone in your bedroom. That, that was not the case. So by the time these arrived, smartphones arrived, we weren't children anymore. Now, uh, as adults, what's happening with screens just seems wrong. It seems wrong. You know, things are different and they definitely won't go back to how they used to be. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it is wrong. We can certainly want for it to go back to how it used to be when we were kids without technology. Uh, but 
we got to look at the reality. It means that if we don't shift our expectations for this new normal, uh, we're in for a lot of struggle. We can avoid it, but we're we're in for a lot more struggle. Last week we we talked about sedation, and we know nobody needs a break more than parents during this time of learning and isolating at home. So, what did our parents do when they needed a break? Come on, like we're we're not the only parents out there that need breaks, right? Like our parents needed breaks, right? Maybe they threw us outside. They said, "Okay, you go outside." <laughs> they told us to go. Go play in the park, right? So, why? Why can't kids just? They live just down the street from each other. Why don't they just go and play in the park? Why do they need to meet up in that video game, right? Why do they need to go meet up online? What is the point? They're so close to each other. What was the purpose of these meetups? Was it so that we can? Get the recommended amount of physical activity and get enough vitamin D. Like be out there with the sun. Is that is that why? Phones in our day, they're pretty boring. They're pretty boring when we grew up. You know, texting with T nine was so painful that it's hard to imagine being addicted, addicted to our phones. So, growing up. Without constant access to phones, shouldn't be a problem for our kids, right? Shouldn't be a problem. Like we grew up without constant access to to digital devices, so we were fine. Like they should be fine as well. We did it. They should be able to too. They should be able to do that too. You know, we did use phones, right? And when we used phones, we used it to meet up, right? To to chat and um. And like the whole point of meeting up is like、uh, I don't know maybe we're gonna play some games together,、uh, maybe we're gonna play with some some of the latest toys that we've got together, right? We met because our phones were used for social connection. We used our phone to call people and go, hey, you want to go over to my place? All right, you want to go play this like this game together? All right, let's do it, you know? Or hey, we're gonna play like these toys together. You want you want to hang out?、It's、like okay, let's do that. Awesome. And so. We ask, like, well, why do our kids prefer video games over hanging out with friends, say, in the playground? Well, maybe, just maybe, video games are the new playground for our kids. Yeah, they're hanging out with friends right there, and and they all have the same shared interests, don't they? Right, and so. We're not meeting up at the playground to play with what we want to play with. We're meeting up online. So why is it such a big deal? Like when we take away their phones and their devices? Well, we're not just taking away tech from them. We're taking away their social circles because people are less around on in the physical locations, and now they're more. Around online, so it's really hard to make friends when many many of the people who would be your friends aren't physically at the playgrounds. And further to that, like, what are we going to learn? What will they learn 
Like, what will your kids learn when we take their devices away from them? But they see us connecting with a, like, and this is the thing, like, we take devices away from them. We say, okay, you're, you're over your screen time limit. Stop watching the, the, the YouTube videos. Like, this is ridiculous. And then later, after we finish dinner with them, they see us. We're connecting with the parent groups that we're part of on Facebook. Like all the Facebook groups that we're, we're a part of. This is the hypocrisy of parenting that we live in. I get it. I get it. You know, we even our, our parents used to say, we want our kids to do better than ourselves. We want them to do better than, than we could do. You've heard the phrase, oh, do what I say, not what I do, right? Well, the challenge is actions speak a lot louder than words. If we want our kids to have great self-control over their screen time, then we need to show them how it's done, starting with our own screen time. That's hard. <laughs> that is really, really hard. You know, uh, it's just like, Asking your kid, like, not to have a snack before dinner. And then we're heating up food from the fridge because we're hungry, right? Like, if we're not willing to endure the hunger, then it can be hard for our child to see how it's done. It is very hard to see how it's done. What do you say? What do you say when your kids, your child is watching something or playing something that you don't approve of? You know, when my kids watch an influencer that I don't approve of, like they're, they're pretty young. And so when they watch like a child influencer that I don't approve of, I tell them, you know, that show is junk. <laughs> You're not allowed to watch it. You see, for me, it's easy. It's easy to apply judgment to my kids' actions and behaviors. After all, like we want the best for our kids, right? So we don't want them like filling up their minds with all this junk. But what we're learning is that, especially when what they're watching is very closely related to the interests, when we judge what they watch before even asking why they're interested in that in the first place, what do we end up doing? We end up pushing them away, right? Pushing them away, that's what we're doing. I mean, as an adult, like, how would you feel if another adult told you that your interests were dumb and that you shouldn't be watching that junk or you shouldn't be playing that, that stuff? How would you feel? You'd be pretty hurt. You'd be pretty hurt. And I'm not saying it's, it's wrong. I'm just saying just because we're right it doesn't make necessarily the actions of our kids wrong. So, for example, turn off the screen, it's supper time. That's perfectly right thing to say. I mean, you want to eat before it gets cold. But their reaction of like, oh, this is, why? Why do I have to do that? That's not fair. I, like, I'm almost done. I mean, we're asking them to drop whatever they're doing and then start doing what we want them to do. And so naturally, yeah, they, they feel resistant. They're like, eh, I don't want to do that. 
So the challenge is we it's a hard thing to do. This is this is a painful subject. We can't get our kids to make good decisions. Uh we can't expect good decisions from our kids while at the same time treating them like they can't make good decisions on their own. Like we have to make the decision for them. Uh you know, that said I'm I'm blown away <laughs> at the resilience of kids sometimes. I mean, children are very forgiving. You tell them all day that what they're doing is wrong, but they don't hold grudges. Yeah, you know, they they smile. They come back to us. <laughs> Amazing. The problem is over time they learn that sharing their interests with you means that they're going to be judged. And even sometimes they'll get punished. For example, if I say you can't watch that anymore. You're getting punished for sharing what you're doing online. So they develop a habit of hiding things from us and sharing their interests online instead. Share their interests online. You know, this is the thing about AI. Artificial intelligence is a really really great listener. It's not there to judge your interests. It's just there to give you more of what you like so, so that you keep watching. It it's not there to say like this is wrong, this is this is right. No, it's just you like this, how can I find you more? So motivational speaker Jim Rohn he says that we're the average we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with how do we make sure that we as parents are one of those five i mean it seems pretty obvious right like we're already there we we live in the same house we we must be the one of the five and there's no doubt we have a huge huge influence but that doesn't necessarily mean that we become the ones who end, end up spending more time. So there's a difference between like being in the same place versus spending the time. And we we talked a little bit about screen time versus quality time in the past. So time what we mean by time is quality time. And so in order to make sure that we're part of that circle, right? Those the the five people that they spend the most quality time with, it means that we need to show an interest in their like in their interests in their topics of interest even if at first it doesn't seem interesting at all to us like we're kind of like a psychologist for our own kids we want to be insanely curious about not necessarily the the topic but about our kids right we want to be curious about them what are the goals Like why are they watching this but what are their goals what do they hope to achieve by playing this game or being on this platform what what is their 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 objectives long term because when we do this when we kind of drive a little bit deeper into the goals and we also dive a little bit into the the interests we also get a chance to know 
uh, about our child's friends as well. And that's one of the hardest things to do nowadays, because if everything's offline, if everything is in this bubble online, you don't even know who they're hanging out with. Uh, and before, like if you were at the playground with them, you would see like you were playing with them. It's not that you were like as a parent, it's not that our parents were super interested in playgrounds. They're like, oh, man, I can't wait to play in the playgrounds. No, but they they showed an interest in what you were doing on the playgrounds so that they could be a part of that conversation. And if that playground has moved online, then this is the exact same, the exactly the same situation. We want to be able to show that same level of interest in their digital playgrounds as our parents showed in the physical playgrounds. The next step is being able to predict what they are going to view next. What would they watch next? Um, and this is a good test. How do I know that I have a good awareness of my kids' activities online? How do I test that? What is the litmus test? How do I, how do I assess how well I know what my kids are doing online? One way that I'd recommend is yes, predict what your kids are going to watch next. Because if you can get a sense of where they might go next, or if you can even direct them to what they should watch next in order to further their goal, then you, you already have a very deep understanding of your kids, right? It's not YouTube that, that knows what your kids are going to watch next by suggesting it. It's you. you. You know, like once you know this interest well enough, you'd be able to point to them to stuff. And if they watch it and they say, wow, that was really cool. Like I did want to learn more about that. Then you know you are very closely aligned to their interests. Uh, give you an example. So my kids were really into Star Wars, like really into Star Wars. And, you know, I kind of figured you know, I, there's kind of a sequence of stuff that I'm going to watch with them. I'm going to start with episode four and then I'm going to kind of go from there and learn more. But I knew that, well, they're also going to be interested in other things. They're also going to be interested in they're really interested in Lego. So they're going to be interested in the intersection between Lego and that. So they, there were certain videos that I could recommend about how to build Lego Star Wars. Then there was also other interests about like diving deeper into the story. Like what are the different breakdowns and stuff related to them? And we discovered new rock stars, right? Eric Voss. And he, he does a great job explaining like, this is what this means. And, let me go and translate all the Orbesh for you. And he goes into a level of depth that we can't do by ourselves. So we are anticipating and predicting wh what they are going to be able to or be interested in watching next. So much so that I'm actually going out and watching it with them or I'm going and searching it for them. I'm going, hmm, OK, so you're really interested in this. How could I go further? Right. What would be the next thing that you would want to watch? How can I predict, not only predict, but potentially influence the things that you watch next to go deeper? Uh, sometimes I'll even go, well, you know, what do you want to learn about today? And they'll they'll say like, oh, I really want to learn about Mandalorian armor. 
I'm like, oh my god, as a parent, I have no, I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing about this topic. So how am I going to find out about it? So I'm, I'm searching on, you know, on Google and I'm trying to find out. Okay, tell me more about about this. Like, what can I know about this? And and just like this whole backstory. When we were watching The Mandalorian, I I had never seen Clone Wars and realized that wow, there is all of this content that is completely related to to this story and to really go deep. I have to do a lot of research myself. I have to predict. I have to predict what their next view would be. And so this is a strong way. This is a strong litmus test to see how well you know they're in. We can say like, yeah, I totally know. They're really into, into Roblox. Great. So what are they going to watch next in terms of Roblox? What's going to bring them to the next level? Do you know? What level of Roblox are they? Like what kind, what are they trying to do with Roblox? And that's where we get to, to go in a little bit deeper into their interests. So relating is not just going, oh, they're just interested in a topic. That's level one, showing that, yep, I'm interested. Level two is, hmm, well, if they're interested in this, I, I think they would be interested in these other things. I remember seeing this at um, the YouTube VidCon conference. So this is the biggest conference uh, that is related to YouTube in the world. Happens in California every year, uh, except like obviously this year it's gone online. And what happened in this conference is there were a number of adults that I was like, hey, what are you doing here? Like I was like the oldest person there. I was like, what, what is going on? Like I, I was running a YouTube channel uh, at the time and uh, it was just, it was interesting to see. It's like, you're not running a YouTube channel, are you? It's like, no, I'm not running a YouTube channel. Speaking to other parents. And they were saying, well, I'm, I'm here because my son is really interested in starting a YouTube channel and I, I want to support him. See, they're predicting, they're predicting what their kid is going to watch next. They are predicting the next step. And that is very, very exciting because when you have that, you have a very deep level of connection. Because you're going to be able to anticipate what they would potentially watch next. And then if something happens, you will also be able to anticipate how you would react to it or how you might respond. And so things are going to catch you way less at surprise. You're going to be way less surprised about what happens when you have that level of connection. Now, I know it's not easy, but just think about it, right? Like the grandparents do this all the time. They ask, like, what is it that you really like? Right? Oh, you really like candy? Okay, I'll get you more candy. Like, this is the same thing. This is exactly the same thing. They're just showing an interest. Or maybe you really like this kind of toy. Like, what kind of toy? What do you mean by toy? And they're trying to predict what your kids are going to play with next so that they can go to the store and pick it up and buy it. it it's not all that different from that. So that's interesting. That's interesting. It's just the, it's the same thing just happening online. <laughs> predicting what they're going to view next, predicting and potentially influencing what they're going to view next is extremely important if you want to assess uh, to what extent do you understand. Um, you know, I've heard parents say like, oh, my, my kid is really into League of Legends. OK, great. What are they trying to accomplish in League of Legends? What's the next step? 
for them in League of Legends? Are they really trying to get into a guild? Are they really trying to uh, reach some kind of level? Uh, is there certain people that they're trying to meet in this that they, they really want to be a part of their social circle? Do you know who those people are? Is there something else that could lead them towards that goal? Maybe that doesn't even involve, involve screens. I mean, if you really want them to uh, not use screen time, you hit them with their interests in something that doesn't relate to screen time, they're going to be happy to do it. They're going to be like, yes, sign me up. I don't want to be on a screen all the time either. Right? Like, we think that, oh, all they want to do is just be on the screen. No. No, there's a reason they're on that screen. And if we know what that reason is, we will be able to find a way off screen uh, for them to participate. You know, for my son, it could be, well, you want to learn about Mando armor? I'm going to do a circle time. I'm going to write things down on a on a whiteboard and we're going to talk about it. And you're going to draw what your like, what would your ideal Mandalorian armor look like? What would be the special things that you would the gadgets that you would add onto your armor? And sometimes it's even an opportunity to talk about, like, how do electronics work and how do like, how would they have all these different pieces together? How do we protect electronics? That's all very interesting stuff. There's some interesting, interesting topics there, right? Like the Beskar armor. Yeah, but it's not just armor. Like that protects the person. It protects the electronics as well. There's a lot of gadgets in there. So it's kind of a cool topic to talk about. So predicting, predicting what they're going to view next or what their, their, their interests, their next step would be is very, very important. Because once you have that, you have an immediate feedback. It's a, it's a input feedback loop of what are they going to value? At uh, the highest level of relating with your kids, if you want to like figure out the highest level of relating with your kids, is being able to predict their next action. So, like I said, the bottom level is being able to be aware of, like being curious about their interests online. What are they doing online? Being like insanely curious about that. The next level is being able to predict what would the thing, what would they watch next that would help them further their goal. And then the, the, the top stage would be, what are they going to do? What would they do next? And this one is, is particularly important, but it's also particularly hard to do. And the reason for that is because like, it's like predicting the future. What are people going to do? It's like the same as the other level. But we, we behave in, in very predictable ways. And one of the questions that I might ask is, what action would your child take if they were on this system, right? Like the, the area that they're really interested in. Let's call it the digital playground. And someone said something hurtful to them online. Somebody hurt them online. What would they do? Would they withdraw? Or would they react in anger? Would they like start messaging them back? You know, it, it's okay to say, I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. I think that being aware of their interests is not enough in today's world. That's kind of like saying our kids are like they're into playgrounds or they're into playing. Like, it's too generic to be to be useful. How do we go deeper? How do we go farther? I know this this is 
now we're moving into uncomfortable territory, right? Because uh, just as it's uncomfortable uh, to talk to our kids about sex and drugs, uh, but we do it anyways because we know what the consequences are of not talking about this. In the same way, uh, it can be uncomfortable talking about what happens online because there are some really, really tough and terrible stuff that happens online. It's uncomfortable, but we still have to do it for exactly the same reasons because it isn't a matter of like if somebody says something negative to them online, it's a matter of when. I mean, it's a playground, right? Like people beat each other up on playgrounds. This is normal behavior, right? People don't act like civilized individuals online in the same way because we're in this, like many kids feel like they're in this world of no consequence. I can say whatever I want. I remember hearing it's a free country. I can say what I want. What are you going to do to stop me? Very common. Very common. Right? And so, so when somebody who has that attitude says that to your child, what happens? This is one of the, the hardest things, um, the, the hardest aspects to, to do. And often as, as parents, we don't see the effects of this until it's, it, it is far too late. And the whole reason for relating is to be able to hit this aspect like the whole goal of this this triangle is to be able to hit this aspect first hit it early hit it before it actually happens and it's going to happen it's inevitable it's just like getting hurt maybe even getting punched uh i remember getting punched <laughs> in the playground i mean these are these are not friendly places right like these are these are tough places these are tough places to be in, but we do it anyways. We do it anyways because this is this is the world that we live in. And one of the things I, I mentioned previously about AI consciousness, unconsciousness, is that really a lot of the stuff that you see on the internet, <laughs> it drives to one of two outcomes, right? Or to one of two unconscious desires, sex and aggression. Right. Like if you think about like the Freudian uh, psychoanalysis, what is the emphasis in Freudian psychoanalysis? It is sex and aggression. And so I, I take any any social media site, right? Mm, Twitter, <laughs> for example. What is the what is the unconscious desire that it optimizes for? It's aggression. Yeah, it's aggression. In the same way. Um, let's say TikTok, right? TikTok, you know, there's a lot of push for TikTok to be moved up to 16 years of age. Um, is, is the unconscious desire that is driving TikTok, is that sex or is it aggression? Mm, mostly sex. So you can see like what is happening these days, especially when it comes to the online space. Uh, you can see, like, it's going to move towards aggression. You're playing this game, it, like, it's naturally going to move towards aggression. Like, this is, this is an expected behavior. People are going to say mean things about you online. 
And how can you predict what they're going to do? Well, you talk to them about it. Maybe you watch what they did. Like sometimes, um, th- like a physical example would be like, I know that when my son is playing with toys, if he's building something, building something, and then the, the younger one comes in and he it gives it a nice like Taekwondo kick or a punch and he, he, he smashes the thing. I know. I know he's going to react in anger. He's going to punch back, right? He's going to say, no way. Uh-uh. You don't do this to me. Right? And he's going to he's going to react in anger. I know this. And so if you know how they're going to react, then we can start thinking about again, this is the same thing as what I was saying. Like if you can influence what they view, you can influence what how they act as well. And that's where the real the real specialty for relating comes in. You see like if you can redirect what they they watch how much harder would it be to read like we want them to do this and we, we like but you you don't even know what you like you want me to do all these things but you don't even know who or like what i i like you don't you don't even know a lot of things about me like i'm i'm becoming more and more distance to you and so relating is about getting closer and closer yes we're saying yeah we got we got your interest i am i'm deeply interested in your interest and not only that, I have some ideas for how you can improve and get closer to your goal of whatever your goal is on that online system. Let me help you achieve it. Then you're seen as complimentary. Then you see you're seen as I am helping you achieve your goal so that when you ask them to do some kind of action, especially an online action, somebody says something mean to you online and how would I respond to it? Well, I mean, how do you think Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, would respond to this? What would he say? Would he get angry? Would he just start blasting people? See how calm and cool this guy is, right? Like, model his behavior, right? Like, maybe we we have an opportunity to connect their interests to where they want to go. And then it becomes really hard because um, their interests are part of their identity, Rejecting their interests and saying that it's junk is almost rejecting their identity of who they they're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to figure out what they are interested in. And so we're rejecting that. We're rejecting that when we say, oh, you know, like that, that stuff. Don't watch that stuff. That's that's all junk. We have an opportunity to direct them. Like we could say like we, we can feel <laughs> we can we can certainly feel like it's junk. But we can also, if we are showing interest in it, we can redirect them to the stuff that is good, right? And go, well, that's not that interesting. But this is. Take a look at this one. This is way more interesting for you. You're going to learn way more if you watch this. That's an opportunity. It's a unique opportunity to to grow in this space and to also be able to have that level of influence where pretty much whatever they do, like they, they're really looking to you for, for that guidance because you've helped them like get closer to their goal and they know that if they follow what you're, you're telling them to do, that they're going to reach their own interests uh, a lot quicker. You've created a type of relationship, uh, like a bond that, yeah, how do I say this? Um, <laughs> th- this is really important for your legacy. Yet you're investing 
you're investing in the long term of your legacy as a parent. Because long after you're dead and gone, the only thing that's really going to remain is those lessons, those values that you shared. Uh, I often say that if you want to be smart, go to school. There's lots and lots of stuff that you can learn at school. But if you want to be wise, go to funerals. Go to funerals and see what do people say about the person who has died? What does their family say about the person who died? It's almost never about their work. It's never about, oh, they did this job for like 30 years. No. It, it was like that one moment that they showed how to be a better person. It was that one moment that they showed, hey, you can believe in yourself. You can do things that you never thought possible. It's those small little moments that change the, direct, the, the trajectory of a child's life. You have a direct opportunity to have a huge influence on what those moments are. But you have to start. You have to start with that relationship. You have to start with showing an interest, like what it means is sacrifice. You know, like we as parents are no, no strangers to sacrifice. Sacrifice everything for our kids, our time, our sleep, our attention, our jobs, our career, you name it. We sacrifice for our kids. That's what we do. And, you know, I'm just adding one more thing. One more thing onto your list of sacrifice. Uh, it means I have to, like, show like show some interest in Roblox. It means I have to show some interest in Elsa. It means I have to show some interest in the topics that they care about. But in so doing, you build a such a such, like a, such a strong foundation of that relationship that, that relationship triangle that you become like anything that you say becomes like legacy that makes sense it's like when you build that foundation of relationship everything that you say is going to become legacy what was your biggest takeaway from today's podcast. Post it on your social media with the hashtag AI parenting. We would love to feature it in a future episode. And if you really enjoyed this podcast, please make sure that you subscribe to the AI parenting podcast. Thank you. We'll see you in the next one.